Well, it's good to be back and um, continue on our search to get closer to our own creator, which is why we're here. And um, I kind of left something off of the simplicity, but it's a a good lead-in for here. And it was um, our simple phrase, let go and let God. Let go is the absolute simplicity. And it's the purpose of all the steps is to pry our fingers loose one at a time from control of our own life until you fully let go of it. And it can't get any simpler than that. What are you working on? Oh, I got this problem with it. Let go. Well, who's going to work on it? Do you want God to help or not? He won't help and let you let go. Well, couldn't we work on it together? (laughs) No, he doesn't like company. Just let it go. And then go do something else and then come back and see if it hasn't significantly improved. And then let God. There's the complete mystery. It's just a package. It just sums up the whole talk. Let go and let God. And yet you could hardly say, let's take the big book and throw it away and just put let go and let God. But you could. But no one understands simplicity. So you have to go through the complexity of all of our ideas and all of our opinions and all of those and get rid of them, which is what the big book does in the steps. And then you finally go, you know, just let go and let God. And people go to you. It can't be that simple. And they'll start explaining all the complexities of life. And you'll just tell them, just keep going along. And one day you're going to say, just let go. So I thought it was a good ending for, and a beginning for this one. But I did want to comment on turning our life over. Turning our will in our life. A lot of people think that means that we're turning control of our life over to God. That's impossible. It's impossible to turn control of your life over to God because you don't have control. (laughs) There's no way you can turn it over. So they're not talking about control. They're talking about your will. (laughs) And that's what creates all the problems. Your will is your assessment of how things should be. Now, if you didn't have that, nothing could ever upset you. Because being upset means something's not going the way you think it should go. So if you could turn your will over, you would be a target that can't be hit by any event. You would just walk around never having anything zing you because there's no target for things to hit. So when we turn our will over, we're turning our willfulness, which is of supplying the adjectives, like we talked about earlier. There's an event. There's an event. Take the newspaper. Read the newspaper. Make, let's say a newspaper has 200 stories in it. And if we passed it around the room, it would be very interesting to watch. First person gets it, they go, okay, first hundred stories, good. Second, fifty, good. Uh Uh-oh, 161, wrong. I'm going to do something about this story. Gee, what the hell are they up to? The other stories, you just let go. But you had a will about how this story This is ridiculous what they're reporting here. So we hand it to the next person. 161 is fine with him. It's 172 that gets under his skin. And he's going to say, I'm going to call the editor. That's willfulness. That's what we want to get rid of. So that you read the whole paper and go, huh, interesting. Spiritual books are more fun. That's willfulness. So we turn our will. Now, how about our lives? 
It's our perception of our lives. That's what we're turning over. We want to see that our life really isn't ours. It's God's. And if we could ever see it that way, we are totally home free. It's all over. We have no will left, and we clearly see that we're just part of God. Then we can pack all the books and put them on the shelf, and we can just sit there and wonder at everything. So that's the goal, and that's what it means to turn our will and our lives over. You can't turn control because you don't have it. It's a big... I thought that for 25 years. Yeah, I see. Okay, so God calls the shots. I stopped calling the shots, and God... I was never calling the shots. I just thought I was. So it was a great revelation to suddenly realize I can't turn over control because I don't have it. But willfulness, what a gift to get rid of. You read some of these spiritual writers, and almost unanimous, they would say, my top prayer would be to get rid of want, to get rid of wanting anything. Just imagine that. You just go around. Everything as it's going on is just perfect. It couldn't be better. You wanted nothing. Now, how could you, how could you not want anything? The only way that can happen is if you're perfectly taken care of. And when you're connected with God, you, He's taking care of all the problems and you're just running errands for Him. Oh, you want me to go talk to that guy? Okay. Okay, I'm talking to him, all right, yeah. And then you finish and you just go, God, I'm glad he told me to go over there and do that. I feel like a million dollars. Geez, I didn't go on the sales call, I went on a 12-step call. Gee, I could have lost almost a thousand dollars. But what I just got is worth more than a thousand dollars. I just got the experience of seeing somebody else get some hope. So the, um, it all goes back to it's all perception. It's how we see it, and that's what we want to transform, is how what we see when we open our eyes. And what, are, what is today's? I got the... Oh, I found something in the daily reading today. Don't read these heavy-duty spiritual books. It's like reading Scott Peck, The Road Less Traveled. You're, jeez. How about cutting us a break, Scott? <laughs> I mean, who are you, a drill sergeant? I mean, it's awful reading that guy's like that. Well, this guy's just like that. He's talking about individuality. Individuality is all elbows. Don't you like that? Boom. It, it separates and isolates. The characteristics of individuality are independence and self-assertiveness. It is the continual assertion of individuality that hinders our spiritual life more than anything else. (laughs) How about that one? The assertion of your identity separates us from God more than anything. And... And we go, you mean I'm going to give up my identity? Yes. Why do you want to keep it? Do you go to bed at night thrilled with your identity? Why do you curse yourself all night? You piece of crap. I'm not letting you go to sleep. Remember what you did? You want to keep that identity and use elbows to get away from my identity. You're not going to take my identity away. I felt they were just, uh, I don't know what they were after when I got here to AA. They just seemed bound and determined to strip me of all that was valuable. My pride as a Marine. The few, the proud. Oh, no, pride's a character defect. I think you've heard me say this. I thought AA was possibly a communist organization that was trying to undermine our military. By taking pride away. You watch. Nobody will defend your country. Okay, AA. Don't tell me I didn't warn you. I couldn't believe it was a character defect. 
God, they, I was at a, a club the other day. It was about a month and a half ago, and the topic was entitlement as a character defect. I had never heard that one before. It brought quite a mixed reaction. <laughs> okay, so we're in, uh, it's not a process. And, of course, we keep coming around in circles. We're going to keep crisscrossing, saying the same thing. That's the problem with reducing things to simplicity. You just keep coming to the same intersection of let go and let God. Only this time you can come in on let God street, and next time you can come in on let go street. <laughs> but you keep coming to the same crossroads. And it's hard to make it interesting. I mean, this, we're here for a whole weekend. You can't say let go and let God the whole weekend. So you've got to come up with other things that disguise the fact that you're talking about <laughs> letting go and letting God. I mean, so I look at this and I go, well, this looks like the first and second lecture. Um <laughs> But if I'm clever, you will never know. <laughs> Think about, remember when we said, God is everything or is nothing, he either is or he is, and then the, the best line is the last line. What's your choice? This or this. You choose. Whatever you choose is your perception. That's what you'll see. We're told we have to see life as a process. You have to see and set sales goals, and you've got to study first, and then you move, and then if you graduate, and then... So if you end up... Now, we're trying to get over in the spiritual world, but if you want to bring the process over here, then a process has a, pa- it has a timeline. It has a past, and it has expectations. That's what a process does. You see it, you envision, and you see this stuff, and so you see a process. So that means you are going to incorporate deliberately, by choosing process, the past and expectations. That will be part of your present moment at all times. (laughs) Does that sound rather impossible? that the past and the future are going to be part of your present moment? I don't think we're in the present moment. If we're going to sit there with ten items from the past and five expectations about the future. So already you can see the futility of choosing to see life as a process. And it's our choice to stop seeing it that way. I'm only going to look. It's like putting down... Um, the telescope and picking up a magnifying glass or a microscope. I'm going to stop looking out there and I'm going to look in here. And everything out there will take care of itself. And I was thinking, you know, when Einstein came up with the theory of relativity and then he explained the big stuff and then they had to get into quantum mechanics to explain the little stuff, Everybody started realizing the little stuff is determining the big stuff. And that it all is down in here. And that is, he, he never could get the, equa- the equations. Have they come up with, an, uh, you guys that study this, have they come up with one theory that covers everything now? or Huh? No, I don't think so. They're still looking? Well, they have one, they have string theory, but it doesn't actually represent anything that goes on in the world. Oh, all right. But they're this close. <laughs> they're this close. I love, you know, in the big book, Phil says, science is forcing nature to disclose her secrets. And I'm sure that was 1935 when science was triumphing over religion in terms of being able to understand life. And in 1935, they were this close. This close to knowing everything, the force of nature to disclose her secrets. It's just a long time ago, right? 
We're this close, everybody. We're this close. What? <laughs> Dark matter? <laughs> it's 60% of the universe? We'll be right back. <laughs> but don't, 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 don't go shifting over to those spiritual people. We will have all the answers shortly, so stay with us. <laughs> what is the trick to all this? Stop looking for the answers. In other words, stop trying to figure things out and simply look in here and see if all the truth there is is already in here. We're looking in the wrong place. So a process takes us off all over the place. So it, it, it isn't like you're having a debate about whether is it the present moment or is it a process. It's a choice. There's no winner here. You choose that it's a process and then you live with those results. You choose the present moment and compare. Just like we were talking at breakfast that <clears throat> non-believers, we're all non-believers, atheists, and somebody just said, well, would you be willing to pray for a week? And Mike was talking about that. Would you be willing to pray for a week and then come back and tell me if it, anything happened? That's a scientific experiment. You can't turn it down. And you get to write the results down. You know why people don't do that? You think they're afraid it won't work? They're afraid that it will work. And they're going to look like an ass. I'm going to have to go, God damn. All, that's, all those years I've been wrong. I'd rather stay miserable. <laughs> and, and, and just do the same thing I did for four or five years. The reason I don't pray is I know ahead of time it doesn't work. So I don't need to pray. There's the closed mind. And so we're simply suggesting when we talk about it's a process, it's a present moment, not a process, that it's a better choice to choose that it's the present moment. And practice it. You know, it's like when you take up golf. It takes a lot of practice. And so when you find yourself going, getting caught up in the process... Go to the movies. Do anything to stop keeping track of the process. Just let it go and see what you can find. Or go look at yourself in the mirror. That's turned out to be one of the most powerful things. See how deep you can look into your eyes and see if you can see what's in there. I don't normally talk about this, but um, about eight years ago, I was getting ready to go on a trip, and I had been reading someone, and I had stayed up most of the night just, I don't know, doing some kind of reflecting. And when I went in to shave and to get ready, I thought somebody had played a trick on me because I was, my face was a mask, and the eyes looking out weren't mine. They were just dull. They were just looking straight ahead. And I just stared at it, and then I saw that this was a spiritual being having a human experience. And it was just looking around like he might just look around with no particular expression. And it wouldn't go away. It lasted the whole time. I'm getting ready. I'm shaving. I'd run back and look in the mirror. It wasn't frightening. It was almost like, oh, so that's what they're talking about, that that's really going on. Then I got out and the cab came and, and all that. I wasn't paying attention. And I got through um, security and all that. Then I got a cup of coffee and I was sitting down and I was looking at the people walking around the airport. And I went, they've all got masks on. And I found myself staring at them. I mean, it was so fascinating. And then people saw me staring. And I went, you got to stop staring. This is wrong. And, <laughs> and when I did, it all stopped. But it was uh, at least three hours. And it was very revealing in that it wasn't frightening. It wasn't 
disconcerting. It was, it just was. I said, oh, so that's the deal. That was the feeling I had. Now, I'm sure that can be explained away as too many aspirin or um, too many um, anti-inflammatories, or you know, which you take. So that, if people want to understand it that way, that's fine. But I found it very reinforcing to this concept that we're a spiritual being having a human experience. And it was, it was almost the, the thing that was interesting. The eyes were almost disinterested. They'd been <laughs> bored. They're looking at their clock. When do I go home, man? This is getting boring down here. And that was the feeling that I had out of it. Um, so what can we do to reinforce the present moment? Well, you could study it. You could see the things that have been written about it. That Eckhart Tolle has a wonderful um, approach to talking about the present moment and how everything's contained in it. I listened to one of his CDs. I may have talked about this before. Um, and he went to New York City. And I just, and he's, he's a comedian as, as well. And he said he went to New York City and he was going to walk to where he was appearing, giving his talk. And he said, everybody walked so fast, I had to walk twice as fast as I normally walk just to stay on the sidewalk. And so he's just keeping up. He's just going fast. And so he started observing the people around him. And he noticed that they were in a hurry. There was no doubt they were in a hurry. So he was trying to figure out where they were going in such a hurry. And he concluded that they were trying to get to the next moment. (laughs) Because it was going to be better than this moment. It's going to be better. So don't stop in this moment because it'll never get better. So keep going, keep going. It's going to get better. You remember that? It's going to get better when I get out of grammar school. It's going to get better when I get out of Boy, when I get married. Boy, when I have a kid. Boy, when I I get a yacht. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to. When if we had stopped and said, wait a minute. Let's see how good the present moment is already. And if we stayed there, we would find out it's perfect and there's no sense going on to the next moment. Because it couldn't get any better than this. Then we would have the sense of always being in the present moment because there'd be no urgency to get to the next moment. There'd be no lie that the next moment's going to be better than this one. So whenever you're looking forward to something because it's going to be better, throw that away and spend the whole day looking, how good is it now? How wonderful is it now? Let let me use my eyes to look inward. And you suddenly are going to find it couldn't get better than this. And there goes the end of the process. Because it's, um, as I said yesterday, my favorite way of looking at the whole universe is the Big Bang is still happening. And I'm still part of it. And what a show. And that show was built just so I could look at it and enjoy it. My higher power, he, it wasn't a lot of work for him. He just went, Whew. but it's quite a show out there. It's amazing. There's so many parts of it to look at and to just wonder at and to just purely enjoy. Just walk around here and just look at how this is all laid out and then just ferns and palm trees and oak trees and and then look at all the people in this room look at them again and again and you just go have you ever seen anything more beautiful when you can look around at right this minute and get tears in your eyes at the beauty of these people you it's almost embarrassing that you wouldn't look before what would happen see if if you looked and it was that beautiful it ruins your whole Shtick. Every idea that you've had is wrong. Your whole line of crap about life. (laughs) You might as well just, well, I'll start over. 
I think I'll start over. So you will never see any of these things except in the moment. You have to stop the process. To stop the expectations. Stop, well, I'm supposed to get a phone call in 10 minutes. <clears throat> so those 10 minutes, they're spent waiting for the call. <laughs> well, what'd you do at minute two? Waiting for the call? Did anything else go on in that minute? No. Nope. The entire minute was waiting for the call. How about minute three? Uh, wait, still waiting for the call. Nothing else happened during minute three. And you go all the way up and you go, well, wow, that's interesting. Some of us uh, were able to do a little more than wait for a call. We spent our whole life waiting for a call. <laughs> Isn't that funny? And you go, well, how was it? Yeah, damn call never came through. <laughs> what was the call going to do? It's going to make things better. Or it's going to make things worse. Worse than what? There's your question. Worse than what? We don't have a benchmark. You are saying it's going to be worse than it is or better than it is, and you have no idea how it is. So you've never stayed there long enough to look. Because you're too busy getting to the next one. So that's what a process does. It prevents us from enjoying life. It prevents us from seeing life correctly. Well, how did we ever get involved in a process? You chose it. See, that's the, that's the beauty of it. You can just, whew. and of course, we're, we're going back to when I said we only have one choice, and that's choosing God or not choosing. So when you choose now, you're choosing God. That's the only place he lives. Or the process. Who invents the process? Me. The process is in, in my head. I made it up. Here's my goals. Here's my this. This is my prejudices. This is my likes. This is my dislikes. i got to stay away from there. Got to, do, do. Your plan is the process. And <clears throat> since science has adopted this, we think we're clever to approach our whole life on a scientific or intellectual basis. Go ahead and write down all the results. How well you're sleeping. How well you're getting along with people. <laughs> how at peace you are in the middle of the process. And then put that over here and then switch. And make a decision. There'll be no process. Anytime your mind is thinking about the process, stop. And you go, but I can't. Why? I might not get the outcome that I want. But you're not in charge. Oh. So you get an outcome that's better than the one you, if you had gotten your way. And everybody says that who have been in AA a while. That if I had gotten everything I dreamed for, I would have got shortchanged. Because you're incapable of having the vision of seeing what true Love and harmony is. And so you would have your big house and a yacht and lots of money and all of that. And instead, you're an assistant manager in a halfway house. And you just love everybody in there and you love your work. Because God put you right where you belong. And then five years later, he may put you somewhere else. And then maybe eventually he'll put you on a yacht, but it won't change your ego. You'll just be grateful and you'll take all the members of your home group out every weekend for a meeting and a bunch of hamburgers. And then you'll go, boy, this yacht is useful. Instead of making you look good, it's being useful. But you wouldn't be able to do that until you were an assistant manager in a halfway house for Two years, and then over here, and then over here, so that you could be transformed into someone who saw life that way. So you can see we're all, we, we all understand them now. It's just that we've got 50 years of process 
We're all, it's like we're programmed to see everything that way. So the more you stop that and come to places like this and have put seeking up at very high on the list, then you can start reversing the process thinking and the process living and the process perception. Because once you put the process on, you can see it's clear as a bell. When it starts here, it goes here. The earth at one time was all these gases. Then it came together. Then it blew up. Then the piece flew off and it became the moon. I don't know. <laughs> Look at that. Isn't that fascinating? Okay. Did that make you happy? <laughs> no, because I still don't know where this is. It's just other, oh, dark matter. I don't, do you want to be happy? Oh, yeah. Well, then stop trying to figure the process out. Well, who will figure it out? Do you ever get that way? Who will figure it out? So that's the thing. It's a choice. And we're trying to, the program, the steps, all the readings that we have, the whole thing are trying to get us to conduct the experiment and keep conducting it. Every time you go into the process, jump out. I don't care what it is that you find to stop engaging in the goal or whatever it is. I don't care if you're at work and you just take um, every 10 minutes just focus on your breath for 20 seconds. Just defy the process. Just look at the process and just go, go ahead without me. And you look up, it didn't get out of control. Nobody knew you were gone. But but I'm in charge of this process. <laughs> and you go back at 10 minutes later and just take 20 seconds. Go ahead without me. This is at work. Okay, everybody, just go ahead without me. I'm going to sit in here like this and just compare the results. You're suddenly going to see... <laughs> That it turns out the same whether you are paying attention the whole time or if you're spending time in the present moment. And Bill calls it we get more efficient. And during those quiet times, we move away from the intellectual level to the intuitive level. And a problem that people have been struggling with for a month, you just are sitting there and you just go, I got an idea. Everybody goes in, man, that's great. How would you get that? I was sitting there going, hmm. (laughs) And it just happened. It just happened. Well, the boss says, we're not going to pay you for things that just happen. But that's the difference, is being able to get, to let go of the process and be at the intuitive level. That's where all truth is. That's all there. It's free. If you'll stop working on it, we'll give you the answer. What have you been wrestling with? I'm really struggling with I've been struggling with this. Okay, how about throwing it out there and go play softball? Well, I don't know. I've been working on this. <laughs> Anybody feel that? I've been working on this for... Five years. How could play softball game help this? You're the scientist. You're either going to leave it there and go play the softball game or you're not. You'll never know the results. All right. So you get over the softball and you get into it and it's just wonderful. And you come back and you go back out to pick the problem back up. It doesn't look the same as when you put it down. It's not as big. It could be as big. If it was that big, you couldn't have played softball. <laughs> the willingness to let go of it means it's much smaller. And you pick it up and you just go, oh, I see that. Yeah, I, okay, good, right, okay, uh, uh, choice number three. <laughs> Boom. Well, how'd you do that? I was playing softball, and it just happened, and I saw how to resolve that. That's what letting go is. And... That's what the now is. You go there. You've, you, you can't be in the now 
without letting go of everything. It's just, you just can't be there. Because if you're there and you go, can't believe what I did yesterday. Uh, technical foul, no longer in the now. Five-yard penalty. <laughs> you ought to have a buzzer go off in it. Okay, here we go. You do it when you're meditating. You, you get chugging along and, oh, God, I forgot to do Well, that's the end of that. Uh, technical foul. So if you st- if, when you start out meditating or sitting in the now, it's not have to meditate. You can just reflect. You can just watch the show. That's the same as meditating. And when you first start, you're lucky to make 30 seconds. It's so new. First time you meditate, you say, okay, I'm going to be quiet. I'm just going to sit here and reflect. Oh, shit, I forgot to turn the. Okay. I'm just going to sit here and reflect. Oh, I, I better turn the. Okay. I'm just going to. Oh. You get maybe 20 second bursts. <laughs> and then, oops, we got to interrupt. <laughs> got to get back to the process. And we run back. Okay, now I'm going to stay just here, just in this moment. <laughs> Remember how hard it was to get started? It was, oh, sorry. And then after a while, these phone calls, I called my mind wanting to interrupt me a phone call. You know, you're sitting there quietly. Sandy, call for you. (laughs) Whatever it is. (coughs) You can't stop those calls from coming in. But you can learn how to not hear them. Did you ever... You're trying to talk, and people over here are talking, and you tune them out so that they aren't bothering you anymore. They were, and then you tuned them out. They're still talking. But you've gotten focused with somebody else, and you've tuned them out. So the the, uh, mind is ringing your phone all the time. But if you have tuned it out, it's over there going... Emergency, 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 hello, you haven't responded, hello, 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 hello. And it's just over there going, hello, 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 like a broken alarm somewhere. And you just let it ring. And pretty soon it's ringing and you're really not aware of it. That's getting away from the process. So that's why meditating, coming to these things, and then learning how to do it in our daily life. I must have had some other ideas besides these. (laughs) I ran across an interesting, I had a problem, and and I've talked about it with priests and everybody, and I said, I don't like faith or hope. Those words trouble me greatly. I don't like it. I I don't want it in my life. And they said, why? And I said, because it takes you out of the present moment. It takes you out. I don't know. That's ridiculous. Why would you use those words? So here's some definitions. Even I can accept these. Um, hope is the surety that everything is perfect in the present moment. So it's, it's not, there's no doubt there. Hope is the surety. Faith is the redirecting of our attention outwards from ourselves to God. I said, well, I can buy that. So here's a new perception of hope and faith. And I see great power there. Because my old perception was that they had to do with the future. It was going to happen. Going to happen. And I remember having faith because everybody told me that AA would work. And I saw that it was working in them. So I had faith that there was this power. And then I did the steps. And then I was transformed. I didn't have faith anymore. I had surety. As there, in other words, it's not a theory anymore. It's real. And so that's what this is talking about. Bam. It's the absolute surety, even when my mind has clouded everything, I know 
that I'm holding on to God's hand. And that's that's not, I um, think I'm holding on or I hope I'm holding on. This means I know that I am. And then faith is just, yes, wow, just amazing. As soon as you say faith in God, you're taking away self-sufficiency. And you're just re-plugging in over here. You're just there. It's not that something's going to happen. It just does. You just click. I suppose it was, um, I don't know. When you walked into a bar, getting ready to order a drink to take away all the shakes and transform you, did you have faith that the drink would work, or did you know goddamn well it was going to work? <laughs> did you hope it was going to work? You said, Boy, I sure hope this gets me drunk this time. Or did you know? And that's what I'm saying. Once the contact has been established, it's a new ball game. Before you take the first drink, you could sure hope it's going to teach you how to dance. Because you're at a dance and you ain't walking over there to ask anybody. Somebody said, drink this, you'll be dancing. I've gone through this before and you hold it up. And go, well, how, how does this teach you how to dance? You just have to drink it. You'll dance. Well, I don't know. That's, I'm a scientist. I'm sorry. I'm not buying that. You couldn't sell a scientist that there's dancing lessons in vodka, could you? <laughs> what happens when he drank it? Da, 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 da. Turns out there was dancing lessons in there. So this is what the steps we say. You do these, this is going to happen. And then when it happens, the steps aren't a theory anymore. We just live them. We don't have to keep proving them. We don't have to go, gee, I wonder if praying will work today. It'll be the surety that we had with the alcohol. <coughs> and so I like those because they bring faith and hope back to the present moment and keep me there. I'm just so glad I ran across that, and I can't tell you who, who came up with it. Then there's some, let me see where that quote is. End of step five in the 12 and 12. Something of great moment is apt to occur. I just saw that sentence and I just loved it. Something of great moment. We suddenly realize that God is doing for us. So how much can happen in a moment? And we talked about Bill's awakening. We talked about these events that are transforming, a psychic change. Zoom. What was condensed in that moment is monumental. And what is being suggested is every moment has that much explosiveness in it. You just have to look and see it. Just like you look at these holograms. Somebody came up to me and said, I've been looking at these damn things forever. And I went over there today and I went, yo! Now you know that they work. Up till then, you just thought they might or whatever. So if we can keep looking at the present moment until it comes into its third dimension, that's the best the seeker can do, is to stay there. If you wrote an instruction book on um, holograms, I don't think you'd need more than one page. Just stand looking at the thing till it happens. Well, what's page two? Repeat page one. <laughs> and then when it happens, you go, well, God, I don't know why I didn't do it. Didn't happen. It, it just, that's when it was going to happen. It happened. And so if we could see the intensity that we put on that, if we put that intensity into Looking at the present moment. So when we want to go seek, that's where you go. Because even if you went to India, 
you're still going to look in here. Everything out there may inspire you to look in here. And it will inspire you to cut off the outside world. That's what symbolizes as soon as you get off the road. Guy talks about it every year. As soon as we start driving down the driveway, you can feel stuff peeling off your shoulders. You can just feel you are driving into the present moment. They talk about someday getting a time machine. I think we need a now machine. I would like to be transported to the now. There's the place to go. Go to the no time machine. There's no time here. Timeless. Timeless. So we're, we're just trying to find a map that works for each of us. The treasure map. And maybe it's whoever, Toll or any of the um, C.S. Lewis Or this, somebody, whoever gave me that book from India, Sri Rashi, I don't know, whatever it is, I am that. I haven't put it down in four years. I still don't know what's going on. If you don't know which book I'm talking about, it's called I Am That. And it's, um, the reason I like it is that the format is this. <coughs> uh, some very poor economic level person in India had a guru who he followed devoutly until he totally awakened. And he just stays home. And people come from all over the world to ask him questions. They've been doing it for years. He's dead now. And somebody wrote the questions and answers down. They either recorded it or whatever. So that's the whole book. So some seeker from England comes and asks this guy a question. And, of course, if you have the ego like I have, the guy from England asks the question, I answer it for him, and then I read what the guru's answer is. It's not even close. <laughs> mine, I, if I gave you mine, you'd go, boy, that's cool. And then you realize mine was a third grade answer, and he's answering from the other side, or he has a much better view than I do. And I'm fascinated by it. I just go, God, is that what it really looks like? Is it really? So that's my, so there's the type of thing that would lead me to keep going. You may find Stephen Levine, or maybe whoever. It's your person who's giving you a little path through your wilderness, which is different than my wilderness, so you can get out. Seeking. It isn't that he gives you the knowledge to anything. He gives you the path so you can cut through, and there it is. And you say, ah, I just saw my third dimension, just like you saw that picture's third dimension. So that's what we're after is for stuff to be revealed and all of those books and everything, they aren't the revelation. They're the map so that you can follow it. Because what's revealed to you won't be revealed or, you know, your view. I don't know if I'll ever see a spiritual being having a human experience. Next time it'll be something else. Some, maybe when you suddenly tear up over something small, you better look at that. What part of you just teared up? Not the tough businessman. Not the tough competitor. Not Mr. Macho. Remember when you wouldn't let anybody see a tear? That's how much you hated the good in you. I want anybody to know I care. Really? Think that's a good plan? No, it sucks, but it's mine. <laughs> or the great line of all. I've always been this way. Yeah, I know, I know. We all know, we all know. 
what you didn't know, you don't have to stay that way. Well, what's involved in not staying this way? Change. I don't change. That's, that's, you don't get it. I, I'm not the type of guy that change. I know. We can see it. We can see it. And then you finally, the misery level gets high enough and somebody goes, okay, what's, how do you change? And there's the beginning. For most men with heavy egos, it takes alcohol, it takes an alcohol beating of around 10 years. So that we'll go, okay, I'm willing to reconsider this much. And that's the doorway in. Well, how about this? Okay, this and this, but all the rest is mine. How about that one too? Okay, okay. Fifteen years in the program. Okay, I'll, number four. I'll do number four. <laughs> Twenty years in the program. We've given up one-fourth. When are we going to give it all? And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to see how wonderful it would be. Try to see. And um, I think we'll leave it go with that. That the, the whole thing is perception. We're trying to cause us to awaken to another level so that when we open our eyes, we can't do anything but smile. That's not a bad plan. You can say, why are we down there? Trying to figure out a way so that when I open my eyes, I smile all the time. Think of a higher level plan. I can't. Because you know what happens if you wake up and you smile all the time. Everywhere you go, you're going to improve their day. Dry cleaning, gas station, 7-Eleven. Doesn't matter where you go. People are going to be happier because you came in. That's doing God's work. You're just taking the spiritual energy and you're just throwing it everywhere you go. And if we live to be 260, we might be even with all the negative energy that we put out before we got here and all the misery and disharmony that we inflicted on the world. That's how we're going to make amends. Okay, let's stop. We're running out of voice, and I thank everybody for your attention.